You're listening to audio from Grace Community Church in Anger, North Carolina. More information about Grace Community Church can be found at graceccnc.org. Good morning. My name is Ricky, service pastor for Discipleship and Care. As Jim said, I led prayer time for service, and he preached this service. We figured I'd preach, and he'd lead prayer time. Nah, it was planned. I led prayer time and preached for service. Um, and then he did it this service, which is great. Uh, you all may wonder, what happens when Pastor Brad gets sick over the weekend? You're looking at the backup plan. So, <laughs> bullpen game. So, no, it's no game. It is uh, a, serious, a serious business and grateful that I get to preach to you all this morning. And um, we trust it's the, the Lord's will and this message, one that I have had written for a while for such an occasion, um, is the one that the Lord has for us this, this morning. So pray for Brad. He's, uh, he's sick with a cold. Is he, is he doing any better, Allison? A little, but still pretty, still pretty miserable. So pray for Brad. We know what that's like to be just miserable when everything hurts, and face, and congested. And So pray for Brad. Um, also pray for Mike, as, as Jim said. He's, uh, he has COVID. I know there are many others who are sick this morning. The first service, we prayed for Emerson Bryant. He was here this morning, but then started running a really high fever. They took him to get looked at at the hospital because he was getting a little disoriented. Any, any update on Emerson, Keisha, do you know? Oh, they're running tests for everything. Running right? tests. So pray for little Emerson. Was he third, fourth grade? Fourth grade. Fourth grade. Pray for, pray for Emerson. So Adam's usually running slides. He had to leave. Go do that. And then David Weatherington jumped back there for us to run slides. So... We're just all, we're all shuffling around, which very grateful that the Lord has equipped us to, to, to do so, has put us all here to, to do so together. Uh, let's, let's, let's pray for those few people right now. Father, we do um, know that you are the great physician. Nothing catches you by surprise, even Brad's sickness this weekend. Lord, we trust in your sovereignty. And we pray, though, for healing for him, for comfort. Uh, Father, let there be no fever, or if there is a fever, let it go quickly. Lord, we pray for aches, for congestion. Lord, we pray for release and comfort for Brad. Same for Mike. Father, we pray that you will be near to him as he hurts and recovers. Pray for Miss Deb that you'll protect her as she cares for him, I'm sure. For little Emerson, we pray you'll give the doctors wisdom and guidance. We know that you're able to take away fevers immediately. Lord, we also know that you have given us grace uh, as such in medicine and doctors and technology. Lord, in whatever way you choose, Father, we pray that you'll bring healing quickly to these individuals. And for those that we don't even know of or who aren't coming to mind at the moment, we pray for those who are homesick this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, again, welcome, you guys. I think you beat the first service. You're a lot more than in the first service, so I'm glad. I heard that recently, uh, uh, well, Michael, Michael Talley, who preached a few weeks ago, Brad's son, he said their theory is that uh, the people who come to second service have been awake less before the people who come to first service. So the first service people, they're crazy. They're up early, you know. You guys, you just woke up. We know that that's why you come to second service. But many of you have just woken up and come to second service, so hang, hang with me this morning. You were probably eager to hear Pastor Brad's message in 1 Corinthians 7. So come back next week. If you're new here, again, welcome. I'm Ricky, and we are going through the book of 1 Corinthians on Sunday mornings. But with Pastor Brad being out this morning, uh, we're going to take a bit of a detour, and then he'll be back next week, Lord willing, and we'll pick up in 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 7 for us all. 
Well, this morning, the book of 1 John, the letter, actually, of 1 John is where we're going to be. Uh, 1 John is written to a group of Christians who were asking how they can know if they are children of God or not. There was some confusing teaching that had come into the church and that was going around, and it had them asking some questions. Well, how can I know that I know? Ultimately, John writes to them, and what we're going to read this morning wants them to be assured of their salvation. And that's what I pray this morning. What you, what you hear, my prayer is ultimately it's going to assure you of your salvation. I grew up with a twin brother, as I've told you all about many times. He seems to come up in my, my messages often. And we had some older cousins near us, and we would go and we'd stay with these older cousins sometimes, like for the, for the day. Not, not many cousins, but we had these, these older cousins. We'd go stay with them. And they would do what older cousins do best. They would try to mess us up in some way for their pleasure. That's just what older cousins do, right? You are all an older cousin at some point, or you definitely have had older cousins. They have all kinds of things that they do. Well, my cousins, they set out to do the same thing, I feel like, multiple times, and it always worked. That is to convince me and my brother that we were really adopted. They're like, you know, come here, come here, let me tell you, let me you know that you're really adopted, you know? Have you ever thought about this? Have you noticed this? They'd put these, these thoughts in my mind where every time my brother and like, my word, I think, we're, I think they got something here, you know? Are we adopted? This, this happened not just like one time, but like multiple times. My mom would always pick us up and we would just tell her, look, just, just tell us the truth. Like we understand, like just, just tell us the truth. All we want to know is the truth. We never like completely, completely believed them, but we absolutely didn't completely not believe them either. Like we just wanted the truth. You know, if it is true, just shoot, with, shoot straight with us. Tell us, are we, are we truly adopted or not? Well, some of you this morning, like those John's writing to, wondering like, who, who am I really? Like, how can I, how can I know that I am a child of God? John's writing here and he's saying, this is how you can know. Examine the evidence. Are you walking in darkness or are you walking in light? Because children of God, they walk in the light. Those who aren't children of God, well, they they walk in darkness. My mom would always begin laying out the evidence, convincing us again, assuring us that we were, in fact, their birth children. John wants us to know this morning, you can know. Some of you, you may be worried about if you're a child of God or not. And you shouldn't be. But some of you too may be convinced that you are a child of God and you might ought to be worried. John writes here and he gives us a bit of a look of how we can know. So this is my question to you all this morning on the screen. Are you walking in darkness or light? Which is it? Children of God walk in the light, those who aren't children of God, they walk in darkness. How about you? Are you a child of God? Well, are you walking in darkness or are you walking in light? So let's look at our passage this morning. I'm going to invite you all to, to stand. If you'll stand, as is our custom here at Grace, we, we stand, we read the word of God this, this first time through, and uh, afterwards we'll sit and I'll pray for us. So hear the word of the Lord from the letter of First John, beginning with chapter 1, verse 5. We're going to read through chapter 2, verse 2. Hear the word of the Lord. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. 
But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. We confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word not in us. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And as Pastor Brad says, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You all may be seated. Let me just pray for us one more time. Father, we pray that during this next bit that our hearts will be open to receive your word. Father, we pray for the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts. Father, we pray that we'll be convicted in the areas we need to be convicted in. Father, we pray that you'll comfort us in the ways we need to be comforted. Father, we pray that your word will be heard, it'll be received, believed, or that it'll have an effect in our lives through the power of your Holy Spirit. pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, John, he began this letter writing about a message. A message that he and the apostles had heard, had seen, they had touched. You can look back, 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. He's, walk, he's writing about a message that we have heard, we, the apostles, we have seen this message, we have, we have touched this, this message. What, what's he talking about? Well, many of you, you know the fair. This past two weeks, you have seen the fair, you have touched the fair, you have smelled the fair, you have heard the fair, you have eaten the fair. You know the fair. Same can be with a person. You see them, you touch them, you've, you've heard them, you, you know them. And John is saying, this message I am giving to you, we have seen it. We have heard it. We have touched it. This message was embodied in Jesus. And now they have the authority to teach this message because they were with him. They heard him. They saw him. They touched him. John puts into words this message that Jesus embodied in verse 5. He says this, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. A few weeks ago, even, many of you probably lost power. Um, I heard uh, many of our church members, I believe, like toward the Coates area, Bowie's Creek, a little pocket in Anger, lost power for, for, for a while. Thankfully, where I live, we didn't lose power. Um, you know, we went and bought a generator about six years ago, and since then, haven't lost power. That's how it goes. So if you want to you not lose power, just go pick you up a generator. But when we lived in the mountains, we lost power all the time. It's just what happened. Um, trees would fall, the wind, kind of in the winter, the wind is always just going around in the mountains. I love it. You go outside, and you just feel the wind. And trees would fall all the time. We'd lose power. And the house we lived in, in the mountains, April and I, and the kids, was this big, like, A-frame, this big open room, huge, huge room. And we would lose power. It's amazing how you could fumble your way to, like, this, you know, we'd keep a lighter in the drawer, and you'd, you'd pull out the, the, the lighter, and you would light a candle, and then this one little flame would light up the whole area, the whole big A-frame, the whole, whole big room. After my senses catch up, fumble my way, get it, light it. And then, bam, one little flame would give out so much light that this huge dark room 
Well, it was no longer dark. You could now see. The thing is, darkness isn't a thing in and of itself. Darkness is just the absence of light. So therefore, darkness and light, they can't exist together. You can't have darkness and light in the same room because when there's light, then darkness ceases to exist. Where light is, darkness is no longer. And John's saying this, God is light. And where God is present, there can be no darkness. You see, some people say they have fellowship with God. John's heard about them, and he's writing, and he's addressing these things. Some say they have fellowship with God, but they walk in darkness. John said, it can't happen, because light and darkness, they can't exist together. It can't happen. They just talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. Their talk isn't backed by their walk. Look at verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Do you guys know of someone like this? They, they tell everyone they have fellowship with God. They got the talk, but yet they don't have the walk. Yet they continually and they contently walk in darkness. We talked about this just this past week in youth group on Wednesday nights. We're going through the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 17 through 24. Leaders, home group leaders are going to talk about this this week. The danger of a, of, a, of a hardened heart of choosing time and time again to go against God's design and God's ways. We risk a hardening heart. John says, those who say they have fellowship with him while they walk in darkness, they're lying. It can't be. John says they're lying about their relationship with God to others. For some of you this morning, John's warning might be about you. Again, my hope is that we read this this morning and it just affirms who we are. But yet, we do need to ask, are we? We have to let the evidence do its work again. Are we? For some of you, John's warning may be about you. Maybe you've been lying to others. Some of you have been living your life in darkness. Though you may come to church, proclaim to be a Christian, even around the right friends, but yet you go to work and they have no idea that you're a child of God. Your walk might not back up your talk. John says you can't have the light and live in darkness. You can't. It's impossible. Light and darkness can't exist together. You're either in darkness or you're in light. So if you tell others you walk with God while living in darkness, John says you're lying to them. Verse 8. If we say we have no sin, skipping over to verse 8, we'll get back to 7. If, you say you, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So some are lying to others. Some are lying to themselves. This, 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 this can happen. Have you, have you ever told a story so many times, it just kind of grows a bit and a bit and a bit, and next thing you know, you've convinced yourself that that fish was huge, or that home run that you hit that won the game that barely went over the fence. They're still looking for that ball. It went so far. Like, man, this is just gets greater and bigger. Like, you just tell something, and it convinces you of a false reality. The same can happen with our spiritual life as well. 
can happen when it comes to our sin. We can deceive ourselves time and time again, continually and contently. Saying we have fellowship with God and yet living as if we don't. Verse 8, he is saying we lie to ourselves when we say we have no sin. Are you lying to others? Are you lying to yourself? Those who walk in darkness is what they do. What's, what's your response when someone points out your sin? I don't mind. It might be worse than yours. Uh, uh, well, uh, how about you when you... Uh, it's not natural to admit our sin. Instead, it's natural to deny it, to deflect it, to defend it, to lie to ourselves, to deceive ourselves. If you do not see your sin, then you aren't walking in the light. If you do not see your sin, it might be because you're in darkness. So to say you have fellowship with God while walking in darkness is to lie to others and to Say you do not sin and to deceive yourself, well, that's just a lie to yourself. Let's skip now, verse 9, and go to verse 10. Verse 10 says, if we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and the word is not in us. Verse 10 tells us to say that, that we have not sinned is to try to make God out to be the liar. Because that's not what the message of the Bible says. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If we can't admit our sin, then we're saying, well, there is no need for a Savior because there is no sin to be saved from. It's to call God a liar. And if this is the case, you're not walking in the light, but you're walking in darkness. You're living a lie. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to others. And you're calling God a liar by staying in darkness. So verse 6, 8, and 10 shows us what it is to walk in darkness. All these verses describe it, but now let's look at 7 and 9. John doesn't give everything as neatly as maybe I would want it, so we're, we're going around so we can look at it clearly. What it is to walk in darkness, now let's see what it is to walk, to walk in light. You may be asking the question, well, but no one knows I'm walking in darkness. It might be the case for some of you. Because they don't know who you proclaim to be. All they know is who you are. Maybe they don't know that you're in darkness. And you might be wondering, well, they don't know, but if I were to walk in the light, then all of a sudden, wouldn't everything be exposed? You got it. Yeah. It is glorious. Believe it or not, it is glorious. Whenever everything is exposed, you can finally stop hiding. Some of you are so scared to walk in the light because you know the kind of junk that you have been hiding in your life. And you don't want others to see. And some of you might not even want God to see as if we can hide from him. No. It's time to stop lying to others. It's time to stop lying to yourself. It's time to stop calling God the liar because the truth is this, that God already knows the sin that you have hidden in your closet. God already knows what you think. He knows what you say. He knows what you have done, and yet he pursues you still. If you're hearing the word this morning and you're wondering, could I, even me, 
step out of darkness into the light and be received by God? Could I? The answer is yes, you can. It's time to stop lying. It's time to step out of darkness and into the light. Verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So imagine walking in this complete darkness. You're fumbling through. You have no idea of reality. All you know is what you can't see. And you're you're fumbling around, you're moving toward, you're inching toward, and then you step into the light. And when you step into the light, your eyes are open, and then you begin to see reality. And when you see reality, because you're standing in the light, then you also see that you're no longer alone. See my word. I'm not hidden anymore. I am exposed. I was lonely. Now I'm with others. Whenever we begin to admit our sin and to admit our need, and we live in Christian community, no longer are we lonely. But I open my eyes, I see my brother Jacob Powell. I can be real with him. Josh Hefner, Jeremy Pittman, I just see you guys across here. I could name many people. Like, I can tell these guys my deepest, darkest things. And they would stay with me. I'm not alone anymore whenever I walk in the light. No more lying to myself. No more lying to others. Walking in the light. I'm now in fellowship with one another. Walk in the light. You have fellowship. You're no longer alone. If you walk in the light, not only are you with God, but you are with others who are also walking in the light. But you have to step out of darkness into the light to see. Verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Walking in the light, it's, it's, it's this ongoing lifestyle of acknowledging our sins, this not deceiving ourselves, not lying to ourselves, not lying to others, but this open honesty of, I am a sinner who has been saved by grace, and I am in need of God. Thankfully, that's how saved people live. If not, I would have no hope. It's not saved and then good and done. No, it is saved and being carried and kept by the grace of God until we're in eternity with him forever. That's the only way I have a chance, is if it's not dependent on me, but if it's dependent on God, and I can admit that and still be loved by God. Those who walk in the light don't hide that, but they confess that. They confess their sins to God. Do we confess our sins with God to restore relationship with God? No, because there's no changing your relationship with God if you're a child of God. But you confess sin maybe to restore fellowship with God. As we come to the table even, we're not this morning, but at times we have a time of confession. Not so that God would forgive us, but to remind ourselves he has forgiven us and let us not keep that sin between us and God. Because we might think we're disqualified and we need to be reminded ourselves, no, God has saved us, qualifying us to have a seat at the table for all of eternity. Confess your sins to God. It's how we walk. I thought this. I did this. I said this. Lord, I am sorry. Not only with God, but also with one another. Confess our sins. Again, with my brothers, 
not to restore relationship. We're brothers, but man, to restore fellowship. When you wrong someone, you say something to someone, even if you meant to do it, you apologize. Even when you didn't mean to do it, you apologize. We confess. We don't pretend to be perfect. We don't deceive ourselves. We don't lie to ourselves. We don't lie to others. We don't call God a liar, but instead we confess our sin openly, admitting our need of him, and we receive it. That's how you walk in the light. But I want you to listen to this. When you start to understand the sins that are deep inside, I want you to feel a hope, hopefulness, not a hopelessness. Whenever you feel a hopefulness that God's not done with you yet, that, man, I am so aware of my sin, but then again, I know it's not who I was, and I know I'm not yet who I'm going to be, and God has me, he is keeping me, and he is carrying me all the way through until eternity. You have a hopefulness, and that is the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Less of me and more of you. But yet when you feel hopeless, when you feel disqualified, not unqualified, who Jesus has qualified you by his shed blood, but when you feel disqualified, that's not trusting in God. When you feel hopeless, that's, that's the accusation of Satan. That's not the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Let's be careful to discern between those things. Let's be real with ourselves. Let's be real with others that the Lord has put in our lives. Not hiding our sin, but coming and saying, yes, it is true. And we lock arms and we walk on together. Confessing our sins, as verse 9 says, and we know that we're not going to be surprised when we admit our sin, when we blow up, when we storm away. God's not done with us. He doesn't leave us naked and ashamed. He doesn't leave us unrighteous. No, he forgives us. And as we're about to see in the next two verses, he cleanses us. He closes us, clothes us with righteousness. So we've seen what it is to walk in darkness. To walk in darkness, well, it's to live a lie. Lying, lying to others, lying to ourselves, calling God a liar. We've seen what it is to walk in the light. Those who walk in the light, they, they have fellowship with one another. They're not, they're not alone. And they also confess their sins with one another. And again, my prayer is this is affirming that you are children of God who are walking in the light. But some of you, no doubt, here this morning might say, my word, I think I'm in darkness. How can I, how can I stop lying and being a fake? And how can I step out of darkness and into the light? I love the next two verses. Chapter 2, verse 1. First of all, hear the comforting tone of John. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. Uh-oh. But if anyone does, oh, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Oh, man. How do you step out of darkness and into the light? Surrender. Surrender. Again, this might be a war I have a chance at winning if what's required is surrender because I'm weak and needy. Surrender. Stop defending yourself. That's how you step out of darkness into the light, and you let Jesus do the talking. John, he's not pointing at us and saying, don't sin. Don't you dare sin. No, he's not doing that. 
John's not saying it's not impossible to sin. John's standing in front of us, and he's, and he's, he's in love. He's saying, in fellowship, let's do this together. As children of God, we lock arms and we stumble forward together, resisting the urge to sin. But guys, when we do, we have Jesus, who is our advocate. He's our advocate. He's right there. When we do, he's at the right hand of the Father, and he's saying, she is mine. No, he is mine. My blood has covered them from their sins. Speaking to the Father on your behalf. That's how you begin to step out of darkness into the light. Stop your defense and let Jesus do the talking. Verse 2, he is propitiation for our sins and not only for ours also, not ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. I don't know what you've done But Jesus' blood is sufficient to cover your sins. Jesus is not only speaking to the Father on your behalf, telling him of your innocence, but Jesus actually took the punishment that we deserve for us. Righteous, holy God can't let sinful man exist in his presence. As I said earlier, he would... Cease to be perfect then. What's the solution of this tension? How are we to be with God for all of eternity if we can't be with God? Because he is perfect and we are not. And if he lets us continue to exist, he is no longer perfect. Sin must be punishment. Punished. And God's plan in his sovereignty was to send his son to live a perfect life in our place. And to then die the death, taking the wrath of God that you and I deserve for us. For some of you, it's hard to even receive a free meal or a gift at Christmas because you don't want to be provided for by anyone. But Jesus here is saying, you must come with nothing and you must receive what you have no chance in earning. To walk in the light, you have to have, as one of my favorite pastors, Ray Orland says, the empty hands of faith to receive God's gift of salvation. Therefore, you must accept Jesus' death in your place. That's how you step out of darkness into the light. Stop talking, stop defending, let Jesus be your advocate. And then receive what you can't earn. Jesus' life and death in your place. We began asking the question at the beginning, are you walking in darkness and light? Again, my my prayer is you're being affirmed. You're, You're hearing the evidence. You are walking in the light. But for some of you, You may be walking in darkness. You might be living a lie. And maybe this morning as we evaluate the evidence, it's not stacking up to assure you, but instead it's convicting you. Are you lying to others? You say you have fellowship with God, yet deny him with the way you live. Are you lying to yourself? Do you refuse to admit your sin? Are you calling God a liar as if you have no need for him to save you from your sin? If so, will you stop walking in darkness? Will you step into the light this morning? Will you believe? Will you believe and accept that you deserve God's wrath, but that Jesus took it in your place? Will you let him do the talking for you this morning?
The invitation to walk in the light is open for all who will get over themselves and stop living a lie and denying reality and step into the light and then they will see that others are there with them as well. Just as relieved. I'm right beside you just as relieved that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father speaking on my behalf. When you step out of darkness into light, to the light, you're going to find many others there with you who too are just as relieved that Jesus' death covers even their sins too, no matter how bad. I want you to be vulnerable. I want, you to, I want to give you permission this morning to live as if you're walking in the light. Confess your sins. Be in fellowship with one another. Stop lying. Stop hiding. Step out into the light. If you're not walking in the light, and you do, by letting him be your advocate, accepting his death in your place, I want to talk with you. I'd love to talk with you after the service. I would love for you, if not me, speak with someone you're comfortable with, someone you have come with, a trusted Christian in your life about not living a lie and being alone anymore. Let them know you've been walking in darkness and that you are stepping into the light. No longer hiding. No more lying. No more being alone. Let them know you're ready to walk in the light. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for knowing us, Lord, for loving us and saving us. Father, give us the courage to live in your ways, to surrender our ways, to trust you for all of eternity. Lord, thank you for keeping us. Thank you for saving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Grace Community Church, located in North Carolina. Feel free to make copies of this audio content to share with others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Grace Community Church, go to graceccnc.org.